Welcome to the Fire and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow. I believe in taking massive, inspired action from an awakened soul. This show is a weekly dose of spiritual principles, personal development, and success strategies for creating an epically aligned life. Here's to your wildest dreams coming true with less hustle, grit and grind, more flow, ease, and grace. I'm the founder of the Live Video Mastery Academy, a TV host, speaker, best-selling author, and proud fur mama, and I'll be sharing real talks with successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, best-selling authors, spiritual luminaries, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered, transformational, and soul-centered podcast. Things are about to get real. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Fire and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, and I am so honored and grateful that you are here. I totally get the time is our most precious commodity, and I'm super happy that you are spending some time with us. Today is going to be an amazing day. I have been so looking forward to releasing this episode with the founder and CEO of Rhythmia, Jerry Powell. As many of you know, I just came back from there, and well, now about a month ago, and uh, I am still planning on, it's going to happen next week, releasing a solo episode of true details of my experience. It was deep, it was dynamic, it was intense, and it was liberating on so many levels, and I want to share some of that with you. But before we dive into this conversation, and then of course that one, which will come up next week... I want to let you know about my favorite skincare line of all time, AO Skincare. They are, first of all, a dear friend of mine, a former client of mine. So I really got to know the brand and the founder and the derms and the science and the art and the mission behind this skincare line. And I can tell you with my whole heart, I stand behind this in the same way that I stand behind the morals and values and vision of Fire and Soul Podcasts, right? Epic people taking inspired action from an awakened, aligned soul for incredible results. And that's exactly what AO is. It's a brand new skincare company from the pristine New Zealand region that's challenging the way that people think about their skincare. And it's next generation, y'all. It's backed by clinical science, yet it uses only clean, non-toxic ingredients for stellar results. Get this. (laughs) In a recent independent clinical trial, 100% of people had an increase in elasticity and 100% had a reduction in skin roughness. Not like 70% or 90%, which would be epic results, 100%. And these are clinical, quantifiable, measured results. There's no messing around with this. And I want you guys to get your hands on some of this. Many of you have, and you've been sharing. In fact, Inga, I want to give you a a shout out. I know you listen to this podcast and I saw you do a live video on my Facebook live challenge group the other day and someone commented on your beautiful skin that was just glowing as you were doing your live video and you said, oh my goodness, thank you. I'm using AO Skincare thanks to Michelle's recommendation. Yeah, you. (laughs) I love it. I love all of it. We're all one big soul family walking each other home to the really good stuff in life. So if you guys are interested in checking this out and seeing what all the buzz is all about, you can head on over to Fire and Soul Podcast dot com and scroll down to the show notes and at the bottom you'll see of this particular episode with um with me a founder and ceo jerry you'll see that there's a discount code yep we're going to offer you 20% off most of the items on the website so you can see that code there and just apply that at checkout All right, now we're going to move into this conversation. But before we do, let me give you a brief history on the man, the myth, and the legend. (laughs) Gerald Powell, now we call him Jerry, is a philanthropic entrepreneur, author, and inspirational speaker. He is the founder and CEO of Rhythmia Life Advancement Center in Costa Rica, the largest medically licensed facility in the world to offer ayahuasca, which is the indigenous plant medicine. Jerry is an expert businessman skilled at starting, growing, and selling companies for profit. His path brought him all the financial abundance he could imagine, including the sale of his most recent company for $89 million in 2004. Although Jerry was a wealthy man, he was plagued with darkness, addiction, and sadness. Finally, After years of fruitless therapy sessions and rehab, Jerry was brought back to light 
through the miracle of plant medicine and metaphysics. In gratitude of the plants, he has devoted his life's work to bring people closer to the wonder of metaphysical plant medicine. I am so excited to share this conversation with you, not only for who he is and for all he's doing to truly help and heal the world, thousands and thousands of hearts that he has healed and the near 100% miracle rate that people who attend Rhythmia leave with the experience of. This is serious stuff. You'll be able to obviously hear more about Rhythmia. This man's heart is so pure and I got to meet him obviously not only in this chat, but every single day while I was in Costa Rica a few weeks ago. And I got to hear what people say about him. I got to meet so many of his staff members who had been with him in those dark, addicted, sad days who are still with him and attest to the absolute living transformation that he is. And it's just a beautiful conversation. I invite you to keep an open mind and open heart. And then of course, if you get that nudge like I got, even though I was super skeptical of the whole damn thing. Head on over to fireandsoulpodcast.com and check out the show links because you can obviously get a lot more information on Rhythmia and maybe, you know, go in 2020. That would be my wish for you if that's a call for you. Enjoy, everyone. I can't wait for you to listen to this and I'd love to hear your feedback when it's done. Well, Jerry Powell, welcome to the podcast. I am so honored to have you on the show. I am so happy to be here with you. So for those of you who tuned into my most epic download of all year, which was just two weeks ago, Jerry, I had your cohort and co-founder, Dr. Jeff, on. And I was shocked. I know I've got personal development and spiritual development junkies who tune in, but I did not ever anticipate it being my top download of all year. So Uh, we're striking a chord here. And I want to talk to you about that. Let's just dive in. What do you think is happening with the world and the sort of awareness around ayahuasca and the ripple effect that Rhythmia is making that's reaching so many people and unexpectedly, because I was the most skeptical Uh and went in fully reserved and scared out of my mind, but now I'm like going back twice in 2020 and bringing a bunch of friends with me. What do you say about that? (laughs) (laughs) I think we got you. (laughs) I know. Damn it. I'm so in. (laughs) I love that. Well, the coming awake thing, I think, is kind of like almost a backlash that these plants were suppressed for a period of time. And the funny thing is the plant is consciousness and love, and it's stronger than anything that tries to hold it, yeah? So as it swings back, it swings back in full vengeance, if love is such a thing. And it permeates all things. And if you ever see how a tree roots... And how it just branches and branches and branches. And it's happening like in fast motion. So the plants and the plants in this reference and my reference are love. And that love is growing tentacles upon tentacles upon tentacles. And that's what it does. Yeah. And it touches us. And once it touches us, we speak. And then other people whose souls are inclined to hear that frequency, hear that and then gravitate to it. And next thing you know, the web is huge, right? Just huge, yeah. This is what I'm experiencing. So on Saturday, I got my hair did. And um, <laughs> I've been going to the same lady for almost 20 years. And uh-huh. she heard all my crazy stories. And she's never really been into much of it. Although very accepting, but just like, yeah, yeah, that's cute. And when I shared that I had come back from Rhythmia and that I had this profound experience with ayahuasca, yeah, she burst into tears. To and tears. She had chills all over her body. And she's like, what's happening? Oh my God, what's happening? I was like, I think that's ayahuasca and it's speaking to you. She's like, but what's that? And then she just started crying more. And that I could not explain. But what you just said, that makes sense. Well, her heart was ready. Her soul was ready. And that frequency of love, people that vibrate in and around that frequency, right? Or have access to that frequency. When they're next to people, they're like tuning forks. And that's the medicine, like the medicine hit the fork and now the fork ignites someone else. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. It's incredible. I know you guys have had over 6,000 people through in less than four years of your doors being open. And nowadays you got a book well in advance, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's super special and sacred. I was saying to Dr. Jeff, to JJ, to Lauren, your, your assistant, like 
my mission and intention by having you on and by talking about this is because I want to spread this rhythmia light as far as possible. We love that you want to do that. Well, <laughs> I'm not looking for that, but thank you. I just feel like this is so special and it's so sacred and it's the gold standard of doing ayahuasca. I've heard of a lot of experiences. I was telling Dr. Jeff, I've been invited to like the Malibu mansion with the celebrities and the shaman who's flown in yes. night. And none of that for me felt safe. Right. And everything that I read, I mean, the reviews on TripAdvisor is so mind blowing. You're like, okay, they can't all be saying the exact same thing that it's life changing <laughs> and liberating. They feel a oneness if there's not something here. So I let's go back to your first experience with ayahuasca and who you had become before you got there. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, so that's a hard one. So so my my life prior to plant medicine was rough. I had a rough existence and one uh, that had a, a distinct lack of love for myself. Uh, I was suicidal. I was in a very, very, very bad way. And I like to say this because it's true that you know, I don't look at myself as special picked or chosen. I was actually the last chosen. I was anti-special, anti-picked, and anti-chosen. I was in a terrible spot in life where I had financial success and then such a void of anything that had any feeling to it. So mm-hmm. I was really sad. I was suicidal and, and had tried to commit suicide a number of different times prior to getting to the end of my rope and then doing this medicine and And when I did the medicine, in one night, my life changed. And one night, my heart changed and everything that I was about changed. I I went from being a really super selfish, super selfish, sexual, addicted, misogynistic, really rough guy to someone truly crazy. I went from that to (laughs) crazier, uh, to crazier (laughs) in a different way, but nevertheless, crazier. In an honest way that was in alignment with your merging back with your soul. And I just want to fill in the gaps a little bit for those who aren't as familiar with your story. And I'll just give the Cliff Notes version, if that's okay with you. There was a lot of drug abuse, alcohol abuse. You were at the end of your rope many times, but you had had incredible financial success with all the things. You know, I think last cash out, you sold a company for nearly uh, $90 million cash. Yes. So, you know, you had no wants for the world, but yet you were empty and your soul and your heart was starving. So you just kept feeding it booze and drugs and women and, and rage. And, and yet then you go, what called you to ayahuasca? Oh, wait, no, I know that story. A woman on Facebook saw something that you had posted that you were a little sad. And I'm just speeding this up to get us to where I want to hear it from you. And she was like, I saw your post. I care about you. I'm paraphrasing. You know, a lot of people who've been where I think you are have seen this particular shaman yep. in Costa Rica. And so yep. what was that experience like for you? I mean, well, like I, the last rope, I was ready to kill myself again. And what was interesting about this woman, she said I was in the Philippines and she sent me a Facebook message and said, I have a premonition that you're going to kill yourself. But before you do that, I want to talk to you. And she flew to the Philippines to meet with me. Crazy thing. And said that she had a friend who was just like me. She said he was a bunch of bad stuff. He was a a womanizer, a sex addict, a drunken drug addict, like all of these terrible things. And she said he went to this place. And in one week, it changed his life. And I said, I have to try it. I have to try it because I'm going to kill myself. Mm. And the very next week I went there and I met, I met this guy and I thought this whole thing is wrong. And, and I didn't believe it. I was still Catholic in a way at the time and Mm. sort of was conflicting with things that I thought I believed. And I had this experience where I got put on the moon and the moon would type to me and the moon showed me videos of me as a three-year-old guy being molested by my grandfather and they were real videos like really it was a video that I was in yeah as a as a 50 year old man I was in that video watching this happen and in that moment it explained everything that was wrong with me and once I admitted to that medicine that I had become I actually had to admit it to a little boy who was me that I had become all of these terrible things and that I was a liar, and I was a drug addict, and I was uh, someone who couldn't be trusted. And I'd admit all that to him. And as soon as I admitted that to him, 
he merged back with me and I was one at, at that moment. And then I went to the moon and the moon gave me a brand new heart. And the next day I was a different man. And I mean a different man in so much as how I treated people and how I treated myself. Yeah. I immediately no longer was a cigarette smoker. I didn't do drugs anymore. Like uh, immediately, like uh, I was a huge drinker and I went from drinking like I was a, a major alcoholic. I drank 15 drinks a day, every day. Wow. Yeah, I was a drunk. Yeah. And I went from being a drunk to be able to have a drink or two and never anymore. Wow. And uh, yeah, like a really, everything about me changed. And I didn't want to sleep with people. I didn't want to have sex with everybody. Like it was an immediate change in me. Uh huh. And my whole life changed and it changed in a night. And people say, well, that sounds like a crock of shit. And I say, you know, you can look at it however you want. Speak to my family, speak to my friends, speak to my mom, speak to my therapist, who's now my partner that like they watched it happen and it, and it really happened. And, and in that, in that first week where I did this medicine, the moon told me I had to go, I had to buy a place. I had to do this for other people and exactly how to do it. And that's how we built this place. You got all that on one night? Yeah, yeah, because these nights are long nights, right? So that was the first night. Then the second night was to do it. And then I had 45 more journeys after that that detailed the how to do it. Uh Got it. And when you talked about you went to the moon, and I know you referred to her as Mrs. Moon, which is so beautiful. And she gave you a new heart, but first the heart wasn't the heart that you wanted. Can you share right. that part of the story? Yeah. Well, when I went after I watched my grandfather molest me, then I met my grandfather, I forgave him, and then I went to the moon and I had these rest of these questions that are numbered out, and I asked all the questions and we got done. And my shaman said, Tell her your story. And I told her, I said, Mrs. Moon, I was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and she cursed. Can I curse here? Yeah. She said, fucking Jerry, I know. She typed out. She typed that out on a screen, like a computer Uh screen. That she knew my story. And then I said, uh, and I said to her, I said, I'm really in a bad shape. Is there anything you can do for me? So she had a computer screen. um, It was a TV screen on a pole on the moon with hands that didn't go to anything like hamburger helper, white hands in darkness. And she pointed at my chest and I knew what to do. I ripped my chest open. I pulled out my heart. It was a piece of stone and I gave it to her and she took it in her hands and she was cleaning it up and she gave it back to me Mm. and it was still terrible. And I wouldn't put it in me. It was still a rock. And I ended up asking her for a new heart because I thought I was going to die there on the moon. And she took her hands and she gave me this most beautiful brand new heart. And I took the heart and I threw it in me and zip, she put a zipper in there. I zipped it up and I had this brand new heart. And that was the day that changed the rest of my days that I was a different human from that point on a really different human. So you mentioned that you had seen your three-year-old self being molested by your grandfather. Uh Were you conscious to that memory before you went on the journey? No. You didn't know that it happened. So as you're watching that as a 50-year-old adult man in an ayahuasca journey, I mean, was there like, okay, that I now remember? Or how did that begin to make sense? And And then connect the dots to... I've got a lot of people listening right now that I'm sure have sexual trauma in or abuse in in their life and they can't fathom this concept of what do you mean you forgave them? So I'd love to just break down those two concepts because if anything, that is so healing and powerful. Yeah. So when I saw it happened, I remembered it. Mm. So the crazy thing is this, is that all of this is recorded in there anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And then when you watch it, it aligns and you go, yeah. Because when they showed me, the little boy showed me the door of the closet where it happened. And as soon as I saw the closet, I knew it was not good. Oh. So like it it happened in this place. I remembered 
And then when he showed me, I really remembered. But as soon as I saw the closet, I wouldn't open it. We had a an argument over opening it. You know, that I didn't want to open it. So yeah, then you remember it. Yeah. And in that remembrance, what was beautiful is I got to see my grandfather's interpretation of what went on. And he was retching. And when I saw him mm-hmm. being such horror over what he did, anybody in their right mind would have forgiven him. Because when you see someone wretch, like if you're lucky enough to have had a near-death experience and died or did so much medicine that you're completely out of yourself on the other side, you get to see these people who wretch. And it's one thing that you know you never want to have happen in your life, that this wretching is such a deep regret and sorrow. Mm. And, And you just want everything to be okay for them. You want them to be okay. And so when it came to forgiving, it was actually pretty easy to forgive because when you see the pain that someone's in, it's not that hard uh, to forgive. It it really calls on our compassion that's so innate to who we really are before we've split, right? Absolutely. Dr. Jeff was here talking about how every human on the planet has split sometime between like zero and seven years old. And sometimes it could be something as benign as, a parent was sleep training a child, and so the child's crying all night, and the child interprets that as, I'm not lovable, I've been abandoned. And so that informs every decision all the way to being sexually molested by you know, a family member or worse. And But what this ayahuasca gives us opportunity to do is to merge back with our soul pre-split. Yes. And yes. so for you, you came back to the compassion of who you were before you split. Is that yes. fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And so... From there, I mean, how did you connect the dots to, I now understand from the time that I was three, how this informed my decisions and my choices and my behavior? So immediately, and this is what was a little bit hard about where I did medicine at. So I had this experience. Two months later, I bought this place. Uh So I had that experience. (laughs) No, because she told me, like, I'm fortunate that she told me in crystal clear terms what I had to do. And what was a little screwed up about it was it happened in a very out of sequence sequence. So I bought the place and I still had to do 40 some more journeys for her to tell me, type out how to do this process for other people. And at the same time, my own life wasn't stacked up right. So she fixed me. And the place I was at gave you zero preparation for what to do with the new you. Mm. you So I'm sitting with uh, strange shit. The things I used to like to do, I no longer liked to do, right? And I didn't know anything about what was next other than I felt like when Bill Cosby used to talk about Noah telling God, telling Noah to go build an ark. Like, you know, you're just, it was mechanical stuff. Do this, do this, do this. And I did all that. And at the same time, I was a caterpillar turning into a butterfly of my own, but they didn't know what these wings are for. How come I no longer like this? Like it was so super confusing. And, And what was interesting was, is that, Her theme to me throughout all those journeys where we're going to make it less confusing for other people. And I'd be thinking, yeah, but what about me? (laughs) What about me? You know? And uh, no, it was just super interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you're completely confused and an otherwise really savvy businessman. So your business line and your logical side is trying to make sense of this. Why do you think, looking back, you trusted her and kept going back for 40 more ceremonies so that you could find your unique prescription. Well, here's the thing. I looked at this business thing and I said to myself, this lady's out of her mind. I I said that this can never work. This is not going to work. (laughs) And I quite doubt if people are ready, like this is what she's telling me. I'm going to tell this story again and again and again and people are going to resonate with it. And I'm thinking, wait, you take an average guy from Malibu, 
and you <laughs> tell him that you went to the moon and the moon gave you a new heart. And that's going to fucking make sense to them. Right. And she's like, yep. Like, like, of course. And I'm like, it's too crazy. And I can't say no to it because I promised her I would do it. That night, after I got the heart, she said, I'm going to ask you to do something. Are you going to do it? And I said, yeah. And so now I had to do this or have tremendous guilt for the rest of my life, right? So she just started telling me piece by piece how to do it. And through this process of her explaining to me how to do it for other people, it made it easier on me because I felt super alone. I had friends my whole life, acquaintances, who I no longer even wanted to be around. I had nobody new. There were a bunch of spiritual people and they were here and I was, I didn't even know like what any of this shit was about. So I'm around people who would look at me like, oh, some fucking guy just had an experience and now he's going to, you know, like, you know, that newbie. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. You know, like, die. yes, you got it. And mm-hmm. so I had nobody that I could really relate to. Nobody during this process, you know. However, did you have Dr. Jeff? Yeah. And here's the thing. I think I honestly believe this for the first little bit of this. He thought, well, Jerry really lost his shit now. (laughs) That's what I, that's what I think he thought. And then he came down and did the medicine and he had the same experience, some kind of experience. Yeah. So at that point we had each other and that is all we had. And, uh, you know, he's my closest friend in the world. He's a wonderful man. You can't help but love Dr. Jeff. I love him so much. I mean, he's just that guy. And so are you. I mean, I was at Rhythmia about a month ago, which it's crazy to believe it was already that long. Yeah. <laughs> and it was for me the most magical week of my life. And I've shared yeah. pieces here and some very specific, very vivid and graphic parts of my journeys over the four nights. Yeah. I didn't have it very easy, but I got what I needed. And some of that I have some questions on just as I'm now back in my re-entry and we may or may not go over that here on the recording, but I think that some people, as I've been sharing now, tons are going. There's like, I think over a dozen of my friends are already scheduled to go back in 2020. And I want everyone to go because this is magical. But I want to know about the people that ask me, I want to hear from you. How do you know what's Mother Ayahuasca and what's ego or what's you? Uh-huh. This is the plant. Beautiful How stuff. do you discern? Uh-huh. Beautiful stuff. So here's the thing. The plant, God, uh-huh, can only see you. In your highest good. So once you're merged, the mother can only see you in your highest good. At that point, her beauty is too pure to see any imperfection in you. Mm. And so what does she talk to you about? About you at your biggest you in your wholeness. And if you listen to her, you become that which she speaks to you about without ego. Uh-huh. So that is your biggest version of you, your purest, most beautiful version of you. Now you, with ego, start selling that short. Yep. You start. Your ego starts saying, well, I couldn't possibly be that. I couldn't possibly do that, what she asked me to do. She has me confused with someone else. This is somebody else's thing that I somehow got a piece of, da-da-da-da-da. And the next thing you know, if you're not careful, and this is where faith comes in, because even in the moment of truth, when she's blessing you with all of it, uh huh, as real as it is, three months later, you will question if that happened. Uh-huh. And then where... All religious activity, all spiritual activity, at its core is an act of faith. Uh Mm. So the beautiful thing about plant medicine is most people go through life without a direct experience, without ever getting spoken to by God. Mm. And they deal, their faith is, is there a God? Is there a God? Oh, I believe, I know, I whatever. The great thing about plant medicine is God actually speaks to you. And then you get a chance to say, well, was it real what they were saying? So it's a a crazy, it's a crazy thing. 
It's so crazy because so for me and all my listeners know this about me for two years, I've been like notoriously single, but in a self-honoring, self-preservation, like building a business, really leaning into who am I without all that distraction. And then I went into Rhythmia, not knowing you guys had intentions for us to ask that would cover everything. So uh-huh. I my own. Once I felt like I merged back with my soul, I got a little greedy and I was like, may I ask for, and she said, yes. And so I said, can you just show me in this life? Do I get like soulmate beloved relationship? Do I, cause I was like, I might not. And uh-huh. I just wanted to know what she saw. And she showed me this most epic wedding actually at Rhythmia, which is kind of interesting. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. Raven is our minister, supposedly. I love that. And Akela and Galaxy. Oh, my, <laughs> I think I see Galaxy or Akela right there. They're both here today. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so blessed because they are my shamans as well, both of them. And so as I've come home, I have started to, yes, in the last couple of days, second guess what I saw. And so what I Absolutely. wondered is, is could I have been projecting my ultimate deepest desire? And she was just letting me have that because it was the final night. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I'm negotiating. So let's say this. Uh-huh. Let's say that your deepest desire is your highest vibration for yourself, mm-hmm. the highest beauty for yourself. What does she want? My highest and best. Absolutely for you. And the thing is, what she showed you is of your choosing. So the thing is, this is your gift. Now you have to choose it. Oh, that last part. Damn it. Uh huh. That's it. That's everything. That's it. It's the whole thing. So when she told me I had to do this, I sat there and I questioned. I said, like, why would you pick some fucking guy like me? Uh-huh. <laughs> why wouldn't you pick a good guy? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you do that? She's just fucking with me because I fucked my life up so much. This is what I thought. And then I thought, you know what? I have a choice to believe her and get joy or to go against it and wind up. And I believed her and I chose to believe her. And my choosing made all of this become a reality. Uh So that right there is everything because it's kind of like the knowledge is not the power, but it's the execution of the knowledge that's the true power. The so, acceptance of it. Exactly. Thank you. I don't like the word execution, but it's like if I can surrender to that truth of my highest and best good, which is my soul's purpose. I mean, why can't I have that beautiful love? Absolutely. Trustworthy and loyal and safe and all the things that I've never experienced, right? And didn't experience with my dad or my stepdad. And but of course I get that, but I have to be that and have faith and hold space for it. All you have to do is believe that it's true. You don't have to do another thing. All you have to do is believe that that's true. (laughs) <laughs> it's beautiful. It's so funny. I'll, I'll share something with you. Raven, whom she's not a, a quote official shaman, but many consider her a shaman there. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful presence. Who is there? What? A couple months a year? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone there is amazing. Everyone from Ingrid in the kitchen to, you know, Douglas, the shuttle driver, and then you and Dr. Jeff. I mean, everyone is so incredible. The dogs, the whole thing. It's magic. But uh, Raven I can't remember what my train of thought was. Shit, I forgot. Anyway, but I do believe in the surrender. Oh, I know. She asked, I asked her on the fourth night because I was like, okay, I've done a lot of merging. I've done a lot of healing. I feel really complete. Do I just enjoy this last night with Mitra? Like, what do I do? I was like, I want to be shown what to do. And she's like, just ask for your first step. Just ask her to uh-huh. show her first step. Beautiful. And what I heard Raven say is ask for your next step. Uh-huh. I was shown every next step. Every next step. I mean, it was so overwhelming. And just like you were saying, like, it could feel so big. Why me? I can't do that. But what others think? But that's where I am now of like, shit, I don't even know how to behave on social media anymore. Because none of that is where that is. But it's Uh a slow evolution of just trusting in it and choosing in it. So here's what's interesting, right? Okay. So at some point, she asked you not only to believe, but prove you believe. So for me, mm. I had to prove I believed by buying the place. Buy the place. And I was like, well, couldn't you like send me a sign first or something? Like, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Insurance, Mrs. Know? Moon. So, so how you're buying the place uh-huh, 
will be how you act. You're going to have to make an emotional investment in something. And that emotional investment will be very scary for you. Very scary. And that is your proof that you believe. And she's funny. She's a mother. You know, she's all loving, all good, and all, but she wants you, uh-huh, your highest self, to be in the game. And to be in the game, you have to invest. And that is something. I have to believe. I have to make an emotional investment. I have to love first. Oh. I have to do all of these things oh. are hard. <laughs> They're so hard. But you know what? If you want an easy life, you do the hard things. Correct. Right. I love like the easy things. It's so interesting because that's where I am. And it's all around emotional intimacy and loving first and stepping into the unknown because it's all unfamiliar territory for me. Am I safe here? And what I really got ultimately when I was healing my heart over and over again, because it's endless and I'm coming back to heal more is nothing can actually ever hurt my soul. And what I realized in these past few weeks, which is what I wanted to chat with you about is that's all great rhetoric but really the rubber hits the road when you act on that and when you be less offendable and when you be less reactive and less triggered because you know that nothing can take you away from your soul ever again. Correct. That's the part that's the challenging. That's the part that everybody, yeah, that's what everybody stumbles on. So the thing is in coming to grips with that, like that this is the set of circumstances that I'm confronted with Mm -hmm. and I have to prove that I'm into myself, to my heart. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? I love first. I invest first. I kiss first. I hold first. I do these things. I risk me first. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this is the nature of love. If everybody waited for this next person to do something, that's how we got in this position. Uh-huh. Yeah. The only thing that gets us out of it is first action. That's all that gets us out of it because everybody else is waiting to be loved. So let me be that. Uh Let me start this. Mm. Let me invest first. Yeah. It's beautiful. That is the ultimate act of surrender. It's true. Healing. That's how you find the love and the joy and the contentment that we're all so hungry for. That's true. Mm. And it's a giving, not a getting. You're going to see. Here's the beauty, beauty of it. (laughs) <laughs> you all talk about giving. Oh, I'm in a giving business and I give and I give. You know what? But actually doing it with your cards that count. See, when you're doing it with cards that don't count, it's easy. I'm betting someone else's money. That's a breeze. I'm doing that. That's easy. But when it comes to me and the things that are most important to me mm-hmm. and I offer them in love. Wow. Huh? Now you get it. Now now you get it. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? What I just heard you say is that it's all an act out of self-love. I love myself so much. And I love my my soul so much that I will come to you and be vulnerable. I will come to you and act first. I will come to you out of love because it's my own love for me. And if Mm -hmm. this isn't like, let's just say, take it all the way to a lot of women's fears that he's just going to cheat and be like everyone else. And there's a lot of evidence in the collective and in the personal on that. So you can write any story you want, but if you want to act on surrender, then it's like, whatever isn't a match will be shown so fast. Yes. Yeah. Swift. When Uh you get to that level of consciousness, would you agree? Yeah. And not only that, it's only when you give up, not wanting to be cheated on, not wanting to be second played, not wanting. It's only when you give up the need for that, that it goes away. When you give up your desire for that, I want this type of person so badly. As soon as you give that up, uh huh. As soon as you give that up, and I mean give it up. What I mean by give it up, I'm going to love this person no matter what they do. Ooh, yes. Uh huh. I'm going to love these people even if they're going to turn their back. I'm going to go all the way to the end with them, even they might one day hate me for helping them so much. Well, I'm going to do it. And once you do that in a reckless kind of way, mm. boy, you get the whole thing, the whole thing comes your way. Okay. Let me break that down to a specific example. Might okay. be personal. Let's say you started a new relationship. Might've uh-huh. even met them at Rhythmia and now you're uh-huh. in it and it's uh-huh. been several weeks. 
and you realize that you've been in the same rooms and all these other different sort of like personal development events for the last two and a half years. So it just uh-huh. feels very sort of destined, if you will, almost yes. feels like mama ayahuasca set us up on a blind date. And he was getting the same visions as I was getting, but they were independent of each other in terms of a yep. and very good. Okay. So, and we did discuss that fully until we got back. Cause we're like, is this the ayahuasca or is this real? Turns uh-huh. out it's both. it could be. It both. Is real. Okay. Beautiful. So let's just say there might be some stuff coming up for yours truly around. Can I really trust this person? Uh-huh. All the evidence around. I don't think I can. Uh-huh. So are you suggesting go forward in love anyway and exhaust this all the way just to put yourself in the game, no matter what? Yep. Because what will reveal itself will reveal itself, but you'll only know if you go through this really uncomfortable part of pushing through what you've always done, which is back off and be like, you know what? I'd rather just be single. Uh, so if both of you have that thought, what's going to happen? He doesn't. I do. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to be saying, on my podcast. Hope you all getting this. He's saying he doesn't. Uh-huh. But you don't even know what's going on. No one head. does. Uh-huh. Fair enough. But what I'm going to guess is, is that there's some of that on both sides. Yep. Because if you went through this together and you got the messages at the same time about each other, yep. that's universal. That You're supposed to do this. And you're supposed to do it not caring what happens. See, it's not for, you're not, this act of love is not for, okay, I get the man of my dreams for the rest of my life and everything is going to be hunky-dory. That is not it. (laughs) This act of love is I'm afraid shit of this. But my soul needs to experience the act of loving someone else. Completely. That's your soul's thing. Uh huh. So all you have to do to win that is to do it. You have to love and love completely. And it's the feeling of loving completely that's the apex of the thing. Not being loved. It's right. the feeling of loving. It's the most beautiful, juicy, gorgeous feeling in the world is mm-hmm. to do that. So the lover is the winner. The lover is always the winner, Uh not the receiver. The lover is the winner. This is what people don't get. This is what the medicine clearly gets. Yeah, It's so true. You know, when you're talking about how you had your heart zippered up and it was like, I hear that as a symbolic gesture of you're complete, right? You don't ever have to revisit this thought of your grandfather molesting you and what it meant for you and your family and your dad, blah, blah, blah. You're good. Uh That's how I interpret that because I had a zippered heart experience on a betrayal of my stepdad on my mom that like broke our family apart, but like healed us in ways that of course now we can see so clearly. And we're so grateful for the gifts of that. But when I saw him racked in shame and wretched, like what you were talking about earlier, I had such compassion. And so it's that. And and then I was like zippered up. I was like, I invite him into my life. I love him. I know that that has nothing to do with me. Right. Or, him being a father figure to me because he was such an important man in my life for so many years. And what he did had nothing to do with his relationship with me. Nope. It has not. nothing to do with who he is as a human. He wanted not. the other woman. He went and got it. He also yeah. wanted my mom. He wanted it both ways for a long time. And he had it that way. Right. But the zippered up was like, so it's funny on the first night I thought I was healed. I was like, well, I only had to go back this past nine months and I'm all good. And Raven <laughs> is like, there's always more shitty. <laughs> Give me another cup, damn it. But I was willing. And that's the whole thing is it requires such a willingness. So while I want as many people as are cleared, because it's a very thorough, comprehensive yeah. process to yeah, yeah. qualify to go to Rhythmia, there's a lot of health stuff, guys. And it's clearly laid out on the website. And then you'll be, even be checked again by physicians on the yeah. ground. You can feel really, really safe. But Outside of that, it's like it requires such a willingness and such an act of faith. Like you're talking about, like, because one thing to go there, and what I love about this conversation that we didn't hit on in my last conversation is what happens after and Uh how do you sustain that? Uh And I love what you're offering here, which is that it's all in the action. It's all in the giving. I'm going to tell you something. Mm. There is nothing outside of that moment of loving. There's no other place to get to. There's no other course to take. There's no other workshop. There's not a book to read. And that moment of that giving 
in that moment of that loving, which should be every moment of your life, yeah? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing else. There is nothing else. That's it. It's over. People say it's never over. It is in that minute. It's yeah. over. In the moment of loving, it's over. There is nothing. Mm. There's nothing higher than that. So the most beautiful lesson of the medicine, the takeaway lesson, is that everything in your life is going to be ripped from you systematically. Therefore, every second, every second is a miracle. Every stage, every setting is your altar. And if you don't know that in that moment, you're losing the whole thing. So every second you give love, you're at the highest point of your life's experience. Every second that you love someone, every second that you love the guy next to you, the neighbor, the guy who just backed into your house, the whatever the problem is, yeah, that you love that. That's the highest thing. There can be nothing higher than that. So just staying with that, that's the gift of plant medicine is that she reminds us that it's all temporary. And the only thing that's eternal is love. And most of us spend our lifetime running from giving love. Yes. We're trying to run to someone who's giving it to us, but the whole time we don't notice it. We're running from giving love. We're running from it. So that's the thing. The moment that we wake up to that and we say, I'm no longer running. I'm going to love every minute. I'm going to give every minute. Then, then you see people die without regret. If you ever watch somebody who lived their life that way, Mm. they pass between worlds with no thing, no thing, just pass between worlds. And that's the way God helped me. I would love to go. Uh Mm. And you can only get there through the giving. Fact. Beautiful. I love that. Very true. Oh, so powerful. The givers get, that's the bottom line. It's like, we're always in this horse trading mentality of like, I'll move forward. If you move forward, meet me. halfway. Yeah. Okay. One step forward, wait, two steps back because you'd give me that look or you didn't do that thing or you didn't do that just so right. And we as women, especially we have so many fucking rules and it's like, it's impossible. And then we wonder why we're over drinking and over boozing or drugging and sexing and shopping and, and accumulating all the things I live in LA. So it's like, it's an epidemic, right? And it's like, if you strip it all down, all we're really looking for is just to feed our hungry soul. And I truly and wholeheartedly believe as hard as it is, and as joyous and miraculous as it's been, it's all of it. That bravery that you get when you step into the unknown and you step into the action is everything you're looking for in terms of that healing and that love that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it can exist for everyone who's brave enough and can qualify at Rhythmia. I truly believe yeah. this. And that thing, when you say to that other person that I'm going to tell you, I'm going to love you pretty much no matter what. And if you choose to hurt me, you choose to hurt me, but I am going to love you. Wow. And then mean it and mean it. What a strength. Who talk about strength? You are the strongest thing in the planet at that moment. And to stand in your vulnerability and love, that is the whole deal. There's nothing more than that. That is the beginning and the end. Uh I feel like we don't even need to have any more conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're right. That's the truth. It's a mic drop moment. So I don't want to actually be anticlimactic here, but I do want to find out like, what is the vision right now for Rhythmia? I know I've heard some things and there's expansion and it's really an exciting time, but where are you now with Rhythmia and how are you feeling about everything? We're like just, wrapped that we get to do this every week where we're trying to become as consistent as we can be and do the greatest things for people that we can all the time and constantly try to do a little better. And we're in the process now of, of acquiring some of the contiguous land, but even in that it's never going to be big. It will always be as intimate as it is. We might build, you know, extra places and, some farm to table, uh, like a farm and a petting zoo and that kind of stuff. But it's going to be super contained and always similar. Our thing is I made the moon a promise to replicate this experience for as many people as I could without losing this touch of this thing. So there's only so big you can get and we're about that big. But 
it's just going to be constantly doing it and doing it to the best of our ability. That's what this whole thing is about. Yeah, the whole thing. It's beautiful. And I, I got a great joy. It is. It is. I just want to share this with anyone who's listening and you haven't already signed up because I know so many of my listeners have, but go. And when you go, please turn your cell phone off and just be there (laughs) really be in it. Because I also believe that the reason why I had such an unbelievable experience that was so miraculous on so many levels with my mother, with so many beautiful people that I call my soul family, every person in your staff, every plant spoke to me. It was so amazing. My colonics were amazing. I was like, I'm having a moment in the colon cleanse. But it's also because I was so disconnected from the social media world and from my phone. So give yourself that gift, you guys, when you do go, because I know you'll go and we'll put everything in the show notes for you to get all the links that you need. I ask every guest on the show to give your definition of how you can live with an awakened soul. Uh-huh. Called a merged soul, whatever, but I'd love uh-huh. to know how you would describe that. I think the only way, or because it's the only way one can live with that, with an awakened or a merged soul, is to live in love. Mm. If you're not living in a state of love where you're loving, then there is no living, right? That's we're back to square one. We're back to figuring out what should the next thing be instead of just being in that state of, of loving. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. We love it. Thank you enough for coming on and sharing. I'm so glad I got this chance to see you again. Fantastic. (laughs) And uh, I hope to be seeing you soon. When are you coming back? I'm coming back in May and then in November again. Fantastic. I know. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fire and Soul podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.